If you are sitting at home next to your radio, you're hearing the music faster than you are if you're in the hall. Listening for the secret. Searching for the sound. This is The Sound Podcast with Ira Haberman.
You've been listening to Road Waves and their tune, Hometown. Today, as it's Canada Day, I thought it would be cool to introduce you to two Canadian jam bands who are trying to make their mark on the Canadian music scene and beyond. Both bands are heavily influenced by some of the same bands and artists who influence the latest crop of jam bands, like, say, Goose and Eggy. You just heard Road Waves, so let me introduce you to their guitar-playing frontman, G-Sharp Yeehaw. Let's start at the beginning. How did Road Waves come about? T- tell me a bit about the history of the band. Yeah, so uh, I had this cover band in high school, um, and we were all kind of just getting into jam bands, and I was trying to get everyone into fish. Hmm. And uh, a couple of the dudes kind of stopped playing, and I was the rhythm guitar player and a, r- a backup singer. And it, when that happened, um, it was time for me to become a leader and like, cause no one else was doing it. So I had to be the singer and the lead player. And, and that's when I started road waves and, and I, it was pretty much the drummer from that band and the bass player from that band that joined that we made it like that. And, uh, my other best friend who was on rhythm guitar. Um, so that's kind of how it happened. It was like, I was trying to inject jam bands into people that didn't know what jam bands were at all. And, and so, yeah, that's kind of how it happened. So talk, uh, this was in high school. Where, where, where was this in St. Catharines and Hamilton? Where, whereabouts were you when you? It was in Niagara Falls. Niagara Falls. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it was actually a couple of years after I got out of high school. Um, but the cover band was in high school. So I, that's kind of where I pulled from as far as musicians. Cool. And so how long have you been at, how long has this band been an entity with you sort of at the helm of it? Since uh, 2014, so wow. it's been eight. It, our our birthday is tomorrow, so or July 1st. So um, it's kind of a eighth year anniversary show we're doing out here in uh, Belleville area, Prince Edward County. Right. Um, what what's the reaction been like? Like you mentioned that you were trying to get people to understand jam bands and understand getting into it um, from a band perspective. And, and I know that the audience here in Canada is thirsty for jam bands because whenever some of them make their way up here, um, people go crazy, obviously. What has been the, what has it been like for a jam band to emerge out of, out of Canada? What's your experience been like? I always tell people that uh, touring in Canada is kind of like as a jam band is kind of like, convincing people that they like jam bands because it's the culture here isn't as strong so you're playing to a lot of people that have heard the term jam band but probably have never seen one live and a lot of the a lot of there's that connotation of uh being like just like noodling on stage you know what i mean um yeah so it's kind of you're kind of showing people that they like jam bands of course you get a lot of the jam band crowd too that's thirsty for it but i find that a lot of it is uh teaching people that they actually do like jam bands. (laughs) Um, So you've been around for eight years and you've played obviously lots uh, of gigs in, in Ontario um, and in and around your hometown and where you live now. What, what about uh, going to the States? How has that been for you guys? It's been really good. So yeah, for the past couple of years, we were just doing the uh, coast to coast of Canada and uh, finally did the States this year. And it's amazing. Um, we only done two shows so far, yeah. But uh, in Chicago and Duluth, uh, Duluth was a little festival in Chicago. We played at Reggie's, and uh, it's great because 
there's 10 times more jam band folk out there. So they already knew what we were trying to do and loved it. So it's, it's really cool. Cause I know it's going to snowball. The more we do America shows, that's where the jam scene really lives. Right. So it'll, it's kind of going to help us establish ourselves a bit more, I think. Um, aside from touring, um, how else are you getting the message out? I know that you as an individual are, I see your name pop up in, in all kinds of uh, different conversations online. Is that really how you're spreading the news about the band and, and your band's music? Yeah, for the most part, like uh, before I really got serious about booking tours and stuff, I was really into the fish online community. So I made so many friends through that. And it's just, you know how it is with with that scene, that the dead scene, fish scene, jam scene. It's like everyone's just so family. You know, I can reach out and be like, hey, we're, we're coming through this area. Do you know anyone? And people will just kind of be really friendly and helpful and stuff. So the social media has definitely been a big part of what helps me book shows and, and get out there and spread the word. Um, COVID obviously was tough on all bands, but I would imagine on a startup band, I mean, a baby band such as yourselves, mm-hmm. it must have been really yeah. difficult. How did you how did you pull through? Yeah, it was tough. Um, well, uh, the first couple months we were doing live streams and um, drive-in concerts and just trying to get as creative as possible. And then the next year was kind of similar. We did one festival. It was like super distanced. And uh, we just wrote a lot and practiced a lot. It, we went through a lot of internal changes with members and stuff too. Uh, you know, people, it just it hit, it hits a point where you're like, especially with COVID, it, a lot of people kind of got a chance to second guess everything, I guess. Yeah. And so, yeah, we changed members and uh, just kind of were prepping for when everything was finally open, making sure we were ready for it. Musically and business wise. Right. Uh, and as far as musically goes, uh, the band has all obviously been playing for a bit together now. Is there a plan to produce a record at some point with this new lineup is is is, is that the goal in, in the next little while yeah so it's kind of funny because we did start working on our third album while our uh last bass player was in there so we have like four songs recorded as the trio that we were like last year and um yeah so now it's kind of just like we're gonna be writing a bunch of songs with this new lineup and getting their uh, layers in the, uh, the songs we already recorded. And we're also, what's cool about our new keyboardist is he's a real recording nut. So we'll be able to start, we're going to start doing more like live recordings. We need that as a jam band. It's always been kind of something that we try to do and not something always goes wrong. And we're not the most like savvy with it. Like we can all self record, but, yeah. but Tony's yeah. uh, on another level. He's got all the equipment for it. Um. How would you explain or how would you, you know, I, I could say that you're a soulful funk jam band, um, but how would you describe the band sound and who, who are some of the band's influences? It's always a tough one, especially as a jam band, I think, because it's like every night kind of feels different. But yeah, I would say like soulful, funky, like rock fusion kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, and influences definitely like from the improvisational side, Fish and the Dead and 
um, Derek Trucks and stuff like that. But I uh, always was really into Zappa's compositions and Miles Davis's compositions and approach on music. And I liked how both of them brought the best of their artists out. Like they were kind of bossy dudes, but they still like gave their artists the room to like do what they did best. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a huge influence on me as a uh, band leader, sort of. Um, but yeah, I'm, I am, you know, I'm a cliche Trey nut. Like I love Trey so right. much and Derek Trucks, of course. When is he sitting in with road waves? <laughs> Give us a couple years. <laughs> you got to go to New York, right? You got to go to New York to. That, that's exactly it. Hey, we're doing Nectars uh, at the end of July. Wow. That should be fun. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you're, you're slowly making your way into, into the United States. I know that you've, you've played yeah. Buffalo and you've played some other places. Like you mentioned, you're doing a, mm-hmm. uh, a, a fish, a post fish show in, uh, yeah. in Bangor, Maine in July. So that's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. We're doing Portland, Maine the day after we got some doing Columbus and a couple of Ohio shows, uh, St. Paul. Wow. St. Paul's like so far away from here. How has the reaction been whenever you've been, whenever you've been in the States, how has the reaction been to your music? It's been really good, man. Like I'm still, I'm always my worst critic. So it's surprising to hop off stage and, and like people love us. And then to go like to our hotel room and see like, people actually follow I find in the states people like follow up more online it's almost like in the in Canada I find I I have to like almost convince people like make sure to check us out on Instagram like we the two shows we played in in America like we gained like 30 followers you know what I mean sort of thing so it just feels like it's it's gonna snowball a bit quicker with America it's a bit stronger of a music scene I'm curious from your perspective, what it is that you guys need to do now, eight years in, and, and I understand that you've had a, a lineup change and COVID, you know, was two years of, of trying to figure things out. What is it that you guys need to do sort of to get to that next level where you're playing more shows in the States and, and really making a mark in a, in a, in a market that probably has embraced you as opposed to, you know, just being in, in, in Canada. What is it that you guys need to do to take it to the next step? Um, well, I mean, right now it's just because we got this new keyboardist uh, recently, we couldn't have him on the visa. So it's, that's going to be the next step is getting another visa with the keyboard player. We have this uh, dude, Sean Suttles, and he's going to be our light guy. And he already has like a lot of the light equipment. We just need like a trailer now and like just need to get back to the way things are going so that'll bring us to the next level because we'll have like a, a jam light guy that's kind of jamming with us and and just yeah playing more but i think it's going to be the live recordings that really start to put us over the edge because of course that's where we shine and not a lot of people realize how far we've come because a lot of our uh live material online is getting pretty outdated now yeah. We've had since COVID and all the, the member changes, we haven't really had the budget to like set up um, live recordings and videos and stuff like that. Is it, is it a matter of having more music or is it, is it, is it just playing more? Like what, it, what, what is it that, you know, like the lights are great and your, your live performances are great. Uh, is it, is it just more reps? Like, like, you know, how a, an athlete needs to get more reps. Is that the case with you guys? You just need more reps in the States. 
I think it's it's just like right now it's going to be breaking into the states, and then after that it'll kind of be trying to get into those bigger jam festivals. Because I think that's really where it starts to turn is when you're playing in front of a whole bunch of fans that are just there for the weekend anyways and like weren't planning on coming to your show. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of how you see it. Like even Goose with the Peach set, like that's kind of what really gave them that exposure that kind of tipped them over the edge. Yeah. Of course, it's like it's everything else they were doing, but but certainly the exposure that. So I think that's kind of it right now is we're just kind of getting our foot in the door in America. And then once we kind of prove that we're like professional and good and stuff like that, it'll be easier to get our foot in the door for the bigger festivals and, and events. Are you responsible for writing all the music at this point? I mean, I, I assume because of all the changes, it's been hard, but is that sort of, mm-hmm. is that sort of your thing because you're the quote unquote band leader and the lead guitar player and the singer? Yeah, for the most part, it's been me writing it. Um, there's been a couple songs that have been a group effort, um, but I've always kind of encouraged writing. And what's cool is with these two new members, uh, they're very uh, A-type personalities. Yeah. So so I, I can't wait to start working on some of their songs. Gives me a, a fresh approach on writing too, because I'm so used to being the one to bring stuff to the table instead of being the guy that gets to add a little flavor to a, a song that's already written. Right, right, right. Well, dude, uh, continued success, whatever that looks like. And hopefully it'll look like a lot more in 2022. Uh, Thanks for taking the time. We really appreciate it. And uh, keep bugging me. Keep telling me about what's going on with you guys, because we like sharing that information. And and, uh, we like introducing to to some home uh, people to some homegrown talent wherever they are. Right. Thanks so much, man. I appreciate that. You can learn more about Road Waves by visiting their website, roadwaves.ca.
That was Mustache Hat and a live performance of No Time from the Vibes in the Valley Festival, September 12th, 2020. Like Roadwaves, Mustache Hat have been gigging in the greater Toronto and southern Ontario region for quite some time. Their bass player, Rich Itzkovich, has been a fan of the show since day one and keeps us updated with their story. Here is that story in his own words. Mustache Hat has been on our radar for a very long time. Um, why don't you tell me a bit about how the band got formed and uh, where you are at today? The band was formed with um, the guitarist. Uh, we formed a band in high school. And uh, me and him were the ones who kind of uh, changed the name and took it from from there. Uh, what we did is we started putting um, advertisements for drummers in drum shops. So we went to Soul Drums. And we went to Just Drums. Everyone knows these places. And uh, one of the managers from Soul Drums is like, I like the Dead. I like the Who. I like Chili Peppers. I like, you know, Fish and Almond Brothers. So he's like, oh, I'll come jam with you guys. And uh, that was our first drummer. The rest is uh, is kind of history. We, we had a... Uh, a, a long um, a period with this with this drummer, maybe at least ten years or so, mm-hmm. and uh, so kind of priorities changed for everyone, and uh, we ended up, you know, palling up with a with a guy Cody, who's our drummer now, probably for at least five years, and uh, we juggled drummers for a little while, so that's always fun. Um, and uh, and now we're just, you know, keep keep putting out music and trying to play as much as possible. COVID was uh, was rough for for everyone, including big fans like yourself. And I'm a I'm a fan just like the next one. So uh, we're just trying to get our feet back on the ground. We've got a couple festivals coming up, and then uh, yeah, now we're gonna continue finish. Uh, our recording we just recorded in april and so step by step we're gonna we're gonna push on through and get this new recording out for those who aren't familiar with your sound you mentioned a bit of uh your influences when you were looking for a drummer what can people expect when they dial up must stash hat on spotify or check out some of your videos on youtube i would say it's a good mix between fish dead Primus, um, maybe a little bit of Mr. Bungle, some jazz in there. We all uh, we all like, you know, the the Jeff Beck uh, jazz stuff. So, well, uh, a little bit of everything, and it depends on the day, mm-hmm. really. Uh, uh, 
on when you catch us because we we have a, a ton of material and covers that we like to mix it up and and you know depending on where you're playing and what the what it's like that day that's how we kind of uh, choose our songs uh, you guys are based in in ontario or, or toronto for for those people who don't know where ontario is have you mostly been in and around this area how, how far have you guys have you done any national touring or any touring in the United States? Yeah, we've toured the Northeast U.S. probably 10 years ago at this point. I'm looking at, we were played Grateful Fests probably two or three years in a row. Uh, we kind of lost that contact, unfortunately, that the guy that we were dealing with isn't really in the music anymore. So it's got to make sense for everyone. And, you know, I have two young kids and my and uh, Matt, the guitar player, has two young kids, so uh, it really has to make sense at this point. Um, we play Pennsylvania, Ohio, um, Kentucky a little bit, but never, never got to go to New York, which is like you can see Trey sitting in with everyone who comes to. New yeah, York. I was gonna say, has, <laughs> Trey, has Trey sat in with you guys yet? Uh -huh. Oh, that's a dream come true, and it was a it was a treat to see. I just saw Trey was sitting in with Billy Strings last night. That whenever Trey has an acoustic, I'm all ears. So yeah, of course. Um, talk a bit about uh, what's happening tomorrow, uh, Saturday, July second. Um, the you're you're performing two sets at a festival with Glacial Erratic. Tell me a bit about uh, that experience and what folks can expect there. Yeah, we, uh, this is kind of our first shot at uh, doing our own sort of camp out festival. Um, things had to work out and our friend has this property up in Collingwood and he's been bothering us, not bothering us, but he's been asking us to, to come and play as much as possible. And, you know, with COVID, uh, we weren't able to get, go up north so much, so we're going to do two big juicy sets, have a nice opener and uh, maybe try and do some, some of those fun campfire sets that, uh, that we all love to see our, our musician friends play. You talked a bit about uh, a record that you've been working on since April. When can folks expect to hear that, that record? We're, we're hoping to have it done by the end of the year. We still, we were supposed to do vocals tomorrow, but people go away in the summer, so we didn't want to hold anyone back. So we're hoping to have vocals done maybe within the next Bye. month or two. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping, for, we're hoping, we're aiming for the end of the new year, at least digitally. We uh, we have our past record on on vinyl, and that was a, that was a big treat for me to finally have like our playing on record and I'm not sure if you collect or you're into that but that's something that we're looking forward to and again you have to mix specifically for that so so that's kind of our goal well uh good luck thanks so much for taking the time dude really appreciate it we're going to talk to uh, another Canadian jam band here and um and I uh, wish you continued success dude and uh, we'll be listening and I'm sure uh those who are intrigued by what they've heard already will, will also be listening. So good luck, dude. And, and hopefully we'll catch up with you down the road. 
Yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks for having us be a part of it. For more on Mustache Hat, visit their Facebook page at facebook.com slash mustache hat. Before we leave you, let's listen to a track off of Roadwave's 2018 album, Red Sun Rising. Here is Northern Skies. Just listen, you'll know.
You've been listening to The Sound Podcast. Technical production by Adam Karsh and Andrea Ruse. Inspired by the music we love. For more, visit thesoundpodcast.com.